This is Magic and Monorails Podcast. We're your hosts. My name is Melissa. And I'm Mamiya. Welcome to the podcast that teaches you how to do the parks differently. Hello. Morning, Melissa. How are you? Good morning. <laughs> I'm hopefully good if we can get our darn electronics figured out to connect. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being patient. The joys of recording a podcast remotely. Sure, of course. <laughs> so let's hope this is our last time. Let's do an intro, please, shall we? Okay, of course. So my name is Stephanie Peters. I am a travel specialist with Disney and I provide autism travel professional on Instagram and TikTok. You can find me at Stephanie Peters Travel. And then my email is Stephanie Peters at HyattMagicalVacations.com. Hyatt is spelled with an I. So H-I-A-T-T. Thank you. And what is the best way for people to connect with you with any questions regarding booking a trip? So the best way would be email. Um, that would be, yeah, e- the easiest way to get in touch with me. But if someone were to reach out through Instagram or TikTok, I am more than happy to direct them in the right um, location as well. So either way, but email would be best. Absolutely. I love that. So when did you start your page? Why? Tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. So I started my page um, April of this year. So I'm I'm actually a newer agent. Uh, I am a kindergarten teacher by day. So I, um, you know, work with a lot of students um, who have different needs and especially those students who are on, you know, the autism spectrum and have disabilities. And I feel like every year I'm getting more and more students um, who are on the spectrum. And so I'm, I'm learning a lot about them and something that, you know, I'm especially learning is that every single child with autism is unique and every family has a unique set of needs. Um, And so when becoming a travel agent, you know, I knew this was definitely an area that had my heart and that I definitely wanted to service. And while I was going through, you know, my training for my page um, to become a certified autism travel professional, I learned that 93% of families who have someone on the spectrum choose to not travel at all um, due to the lack of support. So I feel like that's definitely where my heart's at because that just, you know, that number is just heartbreaking to me. Um, and, you know, I, you know, as a child who grew up going to the parks, uh, you know, that's something that I definitely want, you know, every child to experience because it is so magical. So that's definitely where my page comes in um, and definitely my area of focus. I love that. And I, that number, 93%, that's just so high. Yeah. This year? 
Absolutely. So, you know, my main goal, honestly, is just to share my knowledge with others um, because there is so much information that, you know, I have that isn't currently being shared out there. Um, and I think, you know, with that 93% of families who are traveling, you know, they just need that more, the support and the knowledge of what they can do to best, you know, experience, you know, these places and these vacations. Um, and I, I really want, you know, neurodivergent audiences to be able to enjoy the parks like we do, you know, and be able to have that experience growing up of going to the parks. Um, so honestly, yeah, just sharing that knowledge with others is going to be key. Absolutely. And what are some things, you know, that you are looking to work toward? Or I know you, you have your certified autism travel professional certificate. Are there any other things that are kind of on the, on your mind to work toward? Um, you know, good question. Because I'm a newer agent and I'm just starting out, I think this is definitely, you know, going to be my area of focus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope, you know, people know that just because I'm certified to work with, you know, families who have autism, that doesn't mean, you know, I can't help with other disabilities. So I would definitely love to be like a point of contact for, you know, all families who have disabilities and just going through that process, um, you know, especially with Disney and just knowing how to get set up with the DAS Pass and all these different um you know, resources, I think just being that point of contact, you know, to help walk them through that process is going to be really important. Absolutely. And I have not um, been a part of the like virtual DAS Pass um, activation, if that's what you call it. Yeah. Um, Have you yet? And if so, do you have any, you know, suggestions or tips for people? Or is that something that you take care of for them? I have. I have done that, actually. I just did that a couple days ago for our upcoming trip. Um, And so basically how it worked was uh, I got onto the Disney site and found the correct link, um, which I'll be honest, is a little bit hidden. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, you know, if again, if, you know, someone reaches out to work with me, I, you know, I send you all of that information. I'm literally like, click this, you know, then you go in a chat. So you'll go in a, ch- a little chat with a cast member. Now, what's what's a little bit difficult with the early um, sign up for the DAS Pass is that you just don't know how long you're going to be waiting. I've had clients who say they wait two hours um, to get signed up online. But I'll be honest, the other day when I did it, it truly took two minutes to get connected with someone. Um, so you chat with someone just for a second, just saying that they want to hop on video with you and you'll just click allow. And then it's kind of like a mini zoom call on the Disney site. Um, and they just, they just, uh, the only thing they ask you is, you know, the reason why you cannot, um, wait in line, um, mm-hmm. and, and how, you, you know, how the DAS pass would be of a benefit to you. Now I will say, um, you know, this is not something that you can take advantage of. And they do say, you know, there's a little agreement you have to do before you, before you, you know, go through the video process is that, you know, if they find you're telling, you know, lies or, you know, truly taking advantage of this, that you can be banned from the parks, um, you know, forever. So, you know, this is not something to take, you know, lightly by any means. This is truly for people who need it, truly for people, you know, who have a disability and truly would benefit from not having to wait in that line. 
So just please know that. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, please don't feel scared either. I don't want to scare people off, you know, because it's right. there for a reason. Um, and so, you know, I think we had it a little bit earlier about we both have yeah. an experience where it's just like, you know, we feel like we don't want to use it because we don't want to be those people. But at the same time, it's like we truly do have a need for it. Um, and it is there for a reason. It is there for us to benefit from. So Absolutely. anyway, back to, back to the process. So after you yeah. go through the video chat, um, then that person will either say, yes, you qualify or no, you don't qualify and explain why. Um, but then I, I did qualify. So then that cast member connected me to one more cast member who had me select, um, two, two attractions for each park each day. So they kind of help you with that selection process as well. Okay. Um, and then those selections go right into your My Disney experience. So before I have even set foot in the parks, I already have um, two Dash Pass selections for each day um, ready to go. So Wow. And honestly, that was the end of the process. It was it was very easy to do. And luckily, I didn't have to wait too long <laughs> right? to, to get connected. But I will say um, you can do it in the parks as well. And some people prefer to do it that way. Um, but I, I wanted to, you know, try out um, the online system to kind of see how that worked. And it honestly was pretty easy. That's wonderful. Yeah, when I had checked to activate our families, it was a three-hour wait at one point. Um, and so my thought was, well, why would somebody ever wait more than 20 minutes? Um, and do you have an answer to that? Why would somebody maybe prefer to wait the hours on the phone versus going in person? Um, you know, the, the only benefit that I really truly see is that you get those pre-selected rides. Okay. Um, and just knowing that you, you know, you already have something set up before you get there would definitely be a benefit. Now I will say, you know, I, there are little tips and tricks I like to tell my families, for example, you know, Saturday mornings tend to be the best time to do it and right when they open. So I can't remember what time, if it's seven or nine, but, um, you know, just, I, you know, I kind of have selected those times that are, you know, the least busy when you definitely can get right in. Um, and I think they are doing a much better job recently of having more cast members available, um, because this is definitely becoming a more increasing need of more and more families. So I think they're definitely trying <laughs> is what um, I will say. <laughs> absolutely. And I also, you know, as I asked that question, and I kind of came up with an answer myself. Sometimes your disability, um, you know, might be invisible or a social disability where even standing in that line outside the parks might just give you such dehabilitating anxiety. Um, Absolutely. You know, or, or a physical disability where, you know, and I have seen this, the line is not covered and it has gone for 30 minutes and you're standing outside in the blazing sun, you know, that could also be something that, that maybe it would be more preferable to call in. Do you think? Absolutely. Well, and I think you and I, when we chatted a little bit earlier, mm -hmm. you know, mentioned some cast members are very friendly about it and others yeah. are not so. Um, and so I think too, just knowing 
you know, I think it's, it's a little bit easier to just chat with people, you know, over a computer versus in person, as sad as that is. Um, but I think just, mm-hmm. you know, having that outlet as well is going to be really important. Well, and these people that you're connecting with virtually, essentially, that is their job. That's their role is to help with the DAS Pass, correct? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So in a way, they also have more of a specialty and they also potentially might be able to have take more time with you as well if you are new and have a lot of questions. Yes. And that was something I really, really was thankful for was when I connected with my cast member online was she was certain, you know, she, when I shared with her a little bit about why I needed the desk pass, she was like, okay, make sure, you know, click back one page and there's going to be a link you can click on with more information on where certain areas are in the parks. And she made sure all of my questions were answered answered before I got off with her, which I think is just so, so key um, because these families do have a lot of questions and I, you know, I don't blame them. Absolutely. You know, I, I think that I would like to try it next time just to see the experience because um, as I mentioned in the live that we did prior to recording here, you know, it was a really uncomfortable experience to essentially initially sign up for the DAS Pass in the parks, more so because of, um, you know, bringing up some a traumatic experience and talking about your issues, you know, or your concerns or your disabilities or any of the whatever category you fall under. It's really kind of triggering for some people and especially for myself where I had kind of been in in a little bit of denial, you know, with my daughter's um, condition and then just obviously finally kind of coming to terms with it and asking for help. And I was, I was kind of shuffled along and even, I wouldn't say like questioned, interrogated, but it definitely, you know, I think they're doing their job at, at mitigating any issues and making sure that you qualify. I think that they are doing their job doing that when they kind of approach it in a certain way, but it definitely wasn't, you know, a magical experience that I had expected. And I guess I don't know what I was expecting, honestly, but I think that potentially the customer service from calling in might be a little bit more fine-tuned and customized to your needs too. Well, Well, and I will say like, I, you know, I didn't know what to expect, you know, either. And it was very easy. The cast member was very kind. Um, and she definitely was there to help with all those questions. So I, yeah, I, I definitely recommend doing it ahead of time if, you know, time allows. Now I will say I was prepared to wait <laughs> a right. two to three hours. So I was like, I got my Netflix pulled up on the side. Like I, I am ready to go, but it, it only took two minutes to connect with someone. So I, I definitely lucked out. <laughs> Absolutely. And something I want to mention too, For folks who have maybe worked with a travel agent in the past, um, you know, most of the time our travel agents are amazing at being able to help us secure things like reservations or something that you could do as well online, but you know, that they love doing that for us. I also just wanted to touch base that when it comes to the DAS Pass, this is something that your travel agent cannot do for you. Um, And can you maybe explain a little bit how that goes and and the reasoning behind that. (laughs) 
Absolutely. So, um, so I've, I've seen travel agents before, you know, say that they will wait for you in line. And I'll be honest, that's just not possible. I'm not sure how they are doing that. I've never heard Um, that, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just, just be mindful if you're choosing a travel agent, make sure, you know, you're doing your research a little bit. Um, but basically it's, it's a more private conversation for sure. Um, and before you connect with someone online, you do need to fill out just a little, you know, a little bit of information. Now I will say, because it's a more private conversation, they, they don't ask for the specifics. They don't, you know, ask for a doctor's note. They don't ask, you know, what the disability is, but it is going to be fine tuned to your family or your child's needs. Um, so just, you know, a travel agent isn't going to know all of that information Will where you will or, you know, you know your child best. You're going to be able to advocate for them better than a travel agent will. Um, so it's definitely imperative that you do that process. And then they will ask to take a photo of whoever it is that is going to need the DAS pass. Um, and I will say I work with a lot of clients that want their trips to be a surprise and they're worried about the DAS pass. But I will say that if you just tell the agent or the the cast member, excuse me, who's working with you, you know, this trip is a surprise. Um, they, they are very, very good about, you know, just, you know, taking a quick photo, you know, they don't even say what it's for, you know, we just need your photo real quick. And then, okay, I got to talk to your mom again. I love you know, that. you can go play. So, so they are very accommodating and very good about that as well. So. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. And I think again, you know, a lot, lot of the the things that um, Disney doesn't discuss with you it's because it's protected by HIPAA essentially and yes even though even though they don't discuss a lot of personal information it's still personal enough and like you said they do need to grab that photo of whoever is the DAS pass holder yes. um, so so that is a really big reason that you know just be prepared you know to, when you're when when you're working with um, a travel agent and, you know, they're usually great about do- doing everything above the sun, the stars and the moon. Right. But this is definitely <laughs> something that is a very personal experience that you do need to be at least kind of somewhat, um, in charge of doing, but yes, absolutely. Um, do you, at least do you help prepare families for what to expect or, you know, what does your conversation look like then for when families may call in or go to the parks and get signed up for this? I do. So, you know, a lot of families know that the desk pass exists, but they don't really know what it is or what it all entails. And I'll be honest, a lot of families get very nervous about, um, you know, what that chat looks like. And it's much, you know, simpler and easier than I think they're expecting. You know, a lot of families feel that they need to go to the doctor and get doctor's notes and have a big explanation. And that's just not true. Um, So I really walk my families through the process, you know, I let them know that, you know, the window opens 30 days before your vacation. So pick a good day and time that will work for you to get, you know, online with this chat. I, you know, I've even, you know, had a client that wanted to role play with me before what that conversation would look like just so they can be best prepared. And I am, you know, I was more than happy to do that with them. Um, And so I think, you know, just helping families to gain that confidence even, you know, to have that conversation about the DAS pass before they go into that process is definitely key. Um, 
And then I also help them, you know, when it's time to make those pre-ride selections, we'll go through the list ahead of time. And, you know, I worked with a family who, you know, their child really struggles with the heat um, and being outside in. Um, and so there were certain rides like Slinky Dog Dash. That entire queue is outside in the heat, you know, but, I, you know, a family who hasn't been to Disney wouldn't know that. Um, so making sure to help select those perfect rides that are going to be beneficial for that family is something that I've helped a lot of families with as well. Oh my gosh, you are just so amazing. I'm so glad we connected. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> So let's move on from DAS Pass. Uh, well, actually, no, I take that back. What are, <laughs> what are some of the qualifications or some of the reasons why DAS Pass might be a good fit for a family? So basically, DAS Pass is there to help assist any sort of family that needs assistance with waiting in line. Now, here is where some families get confused because some families will say, you know, my knee really bothers me and I can't stand on it, you know, more than a half hour. Now, Disney will say that that family does not qualify for the DAS Pass because they can use a wheelchair or there are other outlets. So it's not their for mobility issues. It's more there for, you know, those other disabilities. I even like to say those invisible disabilities that you can't see. Um, and so any sort of reason, for example, um, you know, if someone were to have, you know, really horrible migraines and need to eat at like specific times, or, you know, if there's like, you know, if they're like, I have to eat within the next five minutes, I can feel this, you know, sensation coming on. Well, you're not allowed to eat in the ride queues. Um, so, you know, having the desk pass for that or having the desk pass for kids that gets, you know, oversensitized to sound or scent um, is going to be really key um, because they're not able to wait 45 minutes for a ride, you know, in, you know, in the dark for pirates. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm. just, it's there to truly help help those families that cannot wait in line. But again, it's not for those mobility issues. It's more of those, you know, overlying reasons why. Absolutely. A few more that I wanted to point out. Um, PTSD, you know, which obviously certain things can trigger or, you know, there are certain attractions that will trigger my daughter. Um, and so, I, you know, sometimes we don't use it, especially if it's an attraction that won't necessarily trigger her. We are happy to not use it for that. You know, absolutely. Um, I am. So I am the same way. Good. Same I love way. that. I love that. And yes. it's not, you know, I really try to play that field of also trying to challenge and encourage her as well. I want her to try to work through some things, but also having that as a tool yes. you know, is really helpful. Um, yes. A friend of mine has IBS, ir irritable bowel syndrome. Yes. <laughs> um, those, those two things, they are invisible for the most part, you know, until you see them running out of line for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But those, those two things are inv invisible and you actually might not even see it an entire trip. You, you probably, I'm hoping, especially because of DAS Pass, you will never see Amia have a breakdown and a severe panic attack in line or outside or anywhere in the parks because of DAS Pass and what it has helped us 
do, you know, within managing, you know, her anxiety and her triggers. Absolutely. same thing with my friend who has IBS. She uses it every time she goes to the park, but she doesn't always use it for every attraction because she kind of has gotten to the point where she can gauge her body and its needs. However, there has been one time where she has had to leave line, even with the DAS pass because of, you know, of her condition. So um, there, there are definitely a lot of things. So if people have questions, if they will qualify, would you be able to help them, you know, kind of navigate through that? Oh, absolutely. And that's definitely something I do is help them to navigate that process. And even weighing the pros and cons of, you know, do I sign up before? Do I just wait till I get there? You know, I help families weigh that. And I want to point out too, you know, Disney does not have like an explicit list of here are the disabilities for the DAS pass. Um, You know, it just doesn't exist. Um, Mm -hmm. But I will say there's some common ones like ADHD, autism, even anxiety um, for a lot of people, PTSD, um, you know, all these reasons, you know, go above and beyond, you know, the need for the DAS pass. So definitely keep that in mind. Yes, I think that's great. And I think that potentially that list isn't necessarily a printable file because again, yes. they do try to they do try to mitigate the, you know, people misusing it potentially. So Absolutely. Um, I would love to talk a little bit more in detail about your certification. Can you kind of go through that process? I know it was very extensive and I'd love to hear more about it. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I originally found it from another agent in another agency. You know, she was posting online how she is certified to help families on the spectrum. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is just so near and dear to my heart because of my education background. And I was like, I just, I have this, you know, this gut feeling that this is what I am meant to do. Mm-hmm. So, I did my research. Um, it's through IBCCES. Um, and basically, I renew my certification every year. Um, and they go through an extensive training on what um, what that actually looks like. So there are different areas you can get certified in, you know, whether that be theme parks, water parks, um, hotels specifically. So there's different areas. I chose to do theme parks such as Disney, Universal. SeaWorld, all these, all these um, theme parks. And basically it just walks you through what different sensitivities could look like, what autism actually is. Um, and because I have my background in education, you know, I, I knew a lot of this already. So I knew this was, you know, just another reason of why I was meant to do this um, because I have such a background working with these families already. Um, And so after you go through your certification, you take a quiz at the very end. Um, And I'll be honest, I got 100%, which was like, okay, this is just like this, this was meant to be kind of thing. Um, And so then they mail you your certification and you are ready to go. So every year, like I said, every year you just get recertified for that. um, And you just get the updated information, which is really, really great. I love that. And we'll we'll have to touch base in a year and you'll have to share with me the growth. (laughs) Absolutely. Learned along the way, because I also think that, you know, as you mentioned, each year being a teacher, you, you continue to encounter 
a new child or something new that maybe you haven't seen before in whether you know it's behavioral or any disability. So I think that along with that also comes, you know, your role as a travel agent shifting continuously as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And like I said, every family is so unique and every child has different sensitivities and different needs. And so really getting to know those families and what, you know, what their needs are um, is definitely going to be key to, you know, creating that successful trip and that successful vacation. Absolutely. So speaking of success, Um, Let's go over the top three things that would help a family with somebody who has autism or is on the spectrum or who who has a a disability. We talked about DASPASS. What other things are there? Yeah, DASPASS is definitely going to be number one. Um, So when families come to me and they're unsure what's going to help them, DASPASS is going to be the number one thing I recommend. The second thing I recommend is something called the Ride Sensory Guide. Now, this is something that Disney does provide, but it's... I'll be honest, it's a little bit hidden. Um, So when my families come to me um, and they're looking for resources, I have all of my resources in the little folder and then I just share the folder with them. So they're able to get all of these resources all in one place. So what the attraction guide does is it breaks down every single ride, show, everything you can think of by park, by area and by ride. Um, And what it does is, for example, let's say we were going to go on the Jungle Cruise. So I would go to the Magic Kingdom section. I would go to the Adventureland section of Magic Kingdom, find the Jungle Cruise. And then it lists all of the different sensitivities that exist. Um, It also lists if there's an element of surprise, what the type of like restraint is, whether that be a seatbelt, a lap bar, whatever type of restraint. And then it also lists the trip time. So if we were going on Jungle Cruise, um, there are scents on the Jungle Cruise, there's loud noises, there's brief periods of darkness, and you might also get wet. So it lists all these sensitivities. That way you know, okay, if my child, you know, for example, does not do well with scent, then Jungle Cruise may not be the ride we want to go on. Or maybe that's just a ride I need to be more aware that my child, you know, may be oversensitized because it does have a scent on the Jungle Cruise. And then what I also love is it tells you how long um, the ride lasts. That way you also know, okay, this ride is lasting, going to last two minutes. You know, I really think my child can do, you know, bumpy for two minutes or, you know, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. Um, so the different, um, sensitivities that goes through it, it tells you if there's a scent, if there's a lighting effect, if there's a loud noise, periods of darkness, if the ride's bumpy, fast, if the ride lifts off the ground, and if the ride gets wet. Now, this isn't, you know, maybe all of the sensitivities, but this is definitely what I would say are the, dip, you know, the heavy hitters um, wow. sensitivity-wise. So, yeah, like I said, this guide is a little hidden. It's not, you know, widely broadcasted that it's out there. Um, but that's definitely something that I help my families find, and we can kind of go through. So, for example, if a family tells me, 
you know, can you please tell me all of the rides that have a lap bar? Because my child just can't do lap bars. I'm like, absolutely. You know, I've got that list right here. I can tell you, you know, in two seconds what all those rides are. Um, so that's definitely the second thing I would recommend to a family. Um, and then the third thing I recommend is quiet area maps. Now, Disney does have another guide. Um, it's called the Cognitive Guide. And this guide kind of walks through basically the commonly asked questions that someone may have. And in that guide, it um, lists out what the quiet places are. And when they say quiet places, please know that they're not all, you know, you know, silent places, but they are definitely like the less crowded places in the parks. Now, what I have done is taken that information as well as my own knowledge of the parks. And I have actually created park maps and circled on them where those locations are because wow. Disney lists them. But if you don't have the knowledge of the parks, that's not going to mean anything to you. No. So I, I have created these park maps for you with the circled areas and I think, you know, I've had families travel and use these and they're like, this was a lifesaver because it truly lists out, you know, every area in the different areas of the parks, um, you know, where you can go if your child's oversensitized just to get away for a little bit. Um, and so that has definitely been like my third biggest recommendation for my families. That is amazing. So the document that you created, <laughs> is that something that you will send out to anybody or just your clients? How would somebody access those documents? So typically, yeah, I only send those out to my clients just because, you know, that is something that I have created myself. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I will say that other guide that Disney has, um, it's, they call it, uh, the cognitive guide. Um, again, that, that is not, you know, widely out there that is kind of hidden and that, yeah. you know, I, you know, I think we talked earlier, like we're not here to bash Disney by any means, you know, you and I both love Disney with all of our hearts. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think there's definitely just a little bit of lacking, you know, in the area of disabilities. Um, and so while these, you know, resources are out there, they're just a little bit more hidden. So I like to make for my clients, you know, I want to make this as easy as possible. So again, just putting that in that folder um, where everything is in one place. They can go, re, you know, get those resources, you know, easily while they're in the parks is definitely key for, you know, them having a successful vacation. Oh, I love that. Well, once, you know, once uh, we're done with this podcast, I'll be connecting with you because you have just completely inspired me to <laughs> go explore the parks with Amia and truly get her feedback. Um, yeah, because absolutely. this is a story. Our story is something that I have been so afraid to share and to talk about. But I also realized that if I'm afraid, there's more people like me out there. And Amia yes. is Amia is such a blessing in this world. She will overshare just like myself. And what better way to encourage her in experiencing these parks when 
it would be, you know, going through your guide maps, going through the things that you're, you know, the tools that you'll provide um, to a client and for her and I to really do those things and focus on how it makes her feel, her recommendations, because I would love to hear it coming from, you know, a kid's perspective. So you've completely inspired me to do some TikToks and Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Yes. (laughs) Well, like I said, every, every family and every kid truly is unique, whether it be autism or another disability. Um, so I think, yeah, working with those families one-on-one, truly getting to know them. You know, I, I genuinely care about each and every family that I work with and being able to, you know, help them to have the best, most magical experience truly warms my heart. So I love that. Oh, yeah. Thank you. So you're, you're such a blessing to, to those of us who are afraid to kind of navigate life and life. Honestly, life as I knew it changed in five years, you know, it, absolutely. no concerns, no doubts. And again, obviously, as we grow up, we start to get new fears because we start having more realization of the reality around the world, you know, around us. But for Amia's in, um, situation, it was it was a really stark night and day contrast of the child that she was versus the child that she is now. And, you know, it, it, for us, we're kind of relearning how to approach planning the parks. And as you mentioned, every child's different, but every day is different, too. Absolutely. Um, and that is probably the hardest part. And I think that if we had a tool like yours where we could sit down. She's very visual. She needs to see it, hear it, feel it. She needs to know what's coming at her and when. And if she had a visual and she would be able to say, yes, today, not today, it would just make it so much easier. Because even though she is very well aware of what Jungle Cruise is, if we're walking in the parks and she's overstimulated and I say, hey, kiddo, want to go on Jungle Cruise? She might have a panic attack just from me asking her. She might not. She might not remember because she's overstimulated and focusing on 20 other things, even though we know she knows. She knows she knows. So now she's upset and stressed out that she knows she should remember what it's like. So I think that that tool also is a really great tool to have in the parks with you to pivot when you need to as well. Absolutely. And I think knowing how long those rides last too is definitely key because like if you hop on Spaceship Earth, you know, that ride is 20 minutes long, you know, and if your kiddo is, you know, oversensitized by scent, that is just not going to be a ride, you know, you're even going to want to attempt. But knowing, you know, okay, a ride only lasts two minutes, you know, they might be able to do that. You know, that's game changer. Instead of, you know, completely taking it off the table, you know, maybe we can attempt it because it is a shorter length. So even just knowing that is going to be, you know, just a different, you know, a key, a key to success for these vacations. Absolutely. So I've got one last question for you. Sure. My tagline is doing Disney differently. This is something that I always ask every one of my guests on the podcast. And so that is my question to you. What is one tip on how you would do Disney differently? So honestly, I would say to use a travel agent and you know, before I became a travel agent, I knew a lot about the Disney parks. I've always loved them. Um, and I've always sort of wanted to plan my own trips, but 
I still used a travel agent, even though I have an extensive knowledge of the parks before I became one, um, because they help with just the little things, um, you know, the phone calls, um, getting desired dining reservations, transportation, you know, they think of all the little things um, and just make it, you know, it's such an easier process. You know, I could absolutely do that on my own, but I'm also helping, you know, a small business, you know, I'm helping someone else as well. So, um, and I think people also don't know, you don't, you know, using a travel agent doesn't cost anything. Um, you know, Disney pays travel agents directly to work with you. So you're not paying anything extra, which is just shocking sometimes for me (laughs) to explain to people because you know, to have these resources and these tools, you know, my resources and tools are free to my clients. I don't charge them anything extra for this. Um, this is truly what I do, you know, and it costs them nothing. Um, yeah, that's just key. Um, and I also say, you know, finding a travel agent that really, you know, best meets your family's needs because you can work with any travel agent and they may tell you about the DAS pass, but they don't have, you know, this folder with all these, you know, these resources. You know, I I create social stories on the side to help families um, because kids with autism use social stories at school. So I've created some for the parks and thrown them in this folder. Um, and I tell families too, you know, if you see one that you need and I don't have, let me know. I'll make it. You know, I, I truly am here to help these families. Um, so I think, yeah. So I think just finding a travel agent who truly has your best interest at heart and your family's best interest is really going to help you to have that meaningful and magical vacation. I love that. It's so inspiring. And someone like myself who has gone to the park more times than I can count now, I still find so much value in what you have to offer. And I'm so excited to be able to reach out to you. Absolutely. And Amia is, you know, luckily at the age now where she's, she's able to communicate a lot more to me, which I think will be very beneficial for, um, you know, for us kind of going through this together and learning through this, because again, each day is different. Absolutely. You have anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up today's episode? You know, I don't think so. I, you know, I just want people to know that I truly am here to just help, you know, and even if you just have a question, you know, don't be hesitant to reach out. I am more than happy to help in any way that I can. I love that. And I am so, so grateful for social media for connecting us. (laughs) Me too. Me too. What an amazing way this world works, I tell you. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. One last time, can you please share your social media handles and where people can find you? Of course. So my TikTok and Instagram are Stephanie Peters Travel. And then my email address is Stephanie Peters at Hyatt Magical Vacations. Hyatt is spelled with an I-H-I-A-T-T. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. I appreciate you. You are a blessing to the community. Thank (laughs) Um, you, Melissa. I appreciate it so much. (laughs) You're so welcome. Thank you for your time. Of course. And have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you. You too. Enjoy the parks. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Wow. I am just feeling so filled with joy and hope. After having that conversation today with Stephanie, I am 
So looking forward to working with her and utilizing a lot of her resources. As I mentioned in today's podcast, we do definitely struggle each day with something new and a new challenge our way, kind of depending on how Amia is feeling that day. And honestly, don't we all have those moments? (laughs) So thank you so much, Stephanie, for sharing your knowledge, sharing your heart with us. I appreciate you. And as I mentioned numerous times, you truly are a blessing, blessing to the Disney community. And I appreciate you so much. On next week's podcast... I actually can't share what's happening next week. (laughs) We have a really, really big surprise and announcement for you guys next week. And I am just going to leave it at that. So thank you so much for joining us this week. And you'll have to tune in next week and follow on TikTok and Instagram, Melissa and the Magic. And you'll find out a lot more about what's to come. I also want to give a quick plug to my company, Magic and Monorails Co. I did just recently release some new Halloween products, as well as The Force, which is a Star Wars-inspired glowing straw topper that has a lightsaber attached to it. I am so proud of this one, and I will be releasing a limited release um, every so often as I can get things restocked. Thank you so much for listening today and letting me show you how to do Disney differently.